Okay. Uh, let's look. Let's look this morning at God made this easy. I mean, He really did. Uh, getting help from the Lord, it, it just it couldn't be easier. Oh, uh, notice here. Well, we've heard this scripture before, but oh, uh, oh, uh, this is Matthew chapter eleven, very last few verses here. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, uh, and I'll give you rest. Now, remember, he's talking to everybody. Um, it's, uh, I mean, this, it's in your Bible, so it doesn't belong to preachers. You know, it's in your Bible. It doesn't belong to poor folks or whatever, not for somebody, you know, who might be a little bit better off or whatever. No, it's to all of us. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you, notice this, he didn't say, I'll give you more trouble. Sometimes we believe that stuff, you know, I don't want to go to church. As a matter of fact, some people use that excuse. They won't go to church because they've heard that, you know, that God's going to put them through some trials or whatever. And I'm telling you, the way to get out of your trials is Jesus. I mean, he really, and, and when you're going through trials, it's like, hey, praise the Lord. You can't even tell it's affecting you because you've learned how to um, <clears throat> get the Lord's help. Notice he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find again, here's rest for your souls. I mean, it, this stuff about Jesus is not to torment us. It's not. He's got something he wants us to do. Basically, he summed it all up one time saying, just love one another. Well, you know, that can be a chore when you're driving your car sometimes. And I'll tell you what, I can think about, why is that guy too close behind me? <laughs> you know, not even thinking about his life. And yeah, he could be a driver that needs to be told to taught a lesson or whatever, but not every one of them, you know. But anyway, nonetheless, there's people at work that you might get upset with. There's people at home you might get upset with or whatever. You might get upset with family members or whatever. And Jesus had summed it all up, the golden rule, remember that, you know, doing to others as you'd have them do unto you. So, I mean, what's so hard about this? If you know how to treat yourself, then you know how to treat somebody else. It's not hard. But anyway, notice he says, uh, take my yoke upon me, you. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Look at this. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This has to be easy. And I tell you, it really is. If you know anything about um, <clears throat> you know, how you get things today from somebody who has something or whatever, uh, a friend or whatever, it couldn't be any more simpler. Let's watch this. Let's go over here to, uh, we'll go to uh, the book of uh, Hebrews next. And, uh, and let's see. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. And let's see what we got here. Hebrews 4. Uh, let's see. Okay. Look down here. Let's start at verse 14. In verse 14 it says, See, uh, we have a great high priest. That is passed into the heavens. Now, before we go any further, oh, this guy is called a high priest. He's the, shall we say, intercessor between you and God. I mean, this is what's so fabulous about the stories we hear in the Old Testament. The people um, had uh, uh, the high priest. They had the Levites. They took care of all the sacrifices for the people and whatever. The only responsibility the people had was to serve the Lord. Come to the Lord. They could come to the Lord for forgiveness. They could come to the Lord for help. But yet they sometimes would still turn and say, you know what? I want to worship the God of the Amorites. You know, And that God of the Amorites couldn't do anything for them. He was just a wooden 
carved out uh, uh, statue, but the people would get, you know, thinking that's what I need to do, and they'd find out that that statue wouldn't help them. But our God actually will. But anyway, back to this. But we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. These are our weaknesses, things that we go through. You've got a high priest. It's not like I have to be perfect. Jesus is your high priest. Notice what he says. But was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. See, he was the Holy One. He's the one that made a way for you to have access to all of God's gifts and God's presence, whatever you have need of. Now watch this. Look at verse 16. He caps it off, let us therefore, in other words, because we have a high priest, let's come boldly to the throne, I lost it, hang on, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help, look at this, in time of need. Notice he didn't say, so you'll know how to get to heaven. No, it's in time of need. This whole world as we know it, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, says the whole, says that in whom the God of this world, and it's a little G not talking about Jesus. We've got some problems down here right now. The scriptures also teach us that this whole world lies in darkness. There's some bad things going on down here. Jesus also said, the thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. So there's some options here that we can take and <clears throat> not have to be dragged through all the terrible things going on down here. But now let's see if there's something here we can do. What do we do in verse 16? Let us therefore come boldly. That means you've got to use your faith. You've got to trust that Jesus is there to help you when you pray. I know sometimes when you don't see him, you know, because we don't see him, uh, it's like, are you there, Lord? But you've got to use your faith. There's a reason why you can't see him. Guess what the obvious reason is? He's not here. He's in heaven. He's coming back again. But there's a wonderful wireless system called prayer. And all you've got to do, notice it says here, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. Let me take this back to the, uh, to the Living Bible here just a moment. In the Living Bible, notice what it says. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Since he has the same temptations we do, though he never once gave way to them and sin. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. wonder what he means by times of need. Well, uh, let's go back and look at something here very special, I think. A uh, fellow in the Bible that uh, oh, you've heard a lot, King David. This is at the end of David's life, and I want you to see what he says. This is 1 Kings chapter 1, and I just found this just reading my Bible just the other day, and I just, I just about jumped straight up in the air. I, 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 I'm fantastic verse. But anyway, um, notice this. In his old age, okay, he was confined to his bed. I mean, he's fixing to pass away. Okay, watch this. So he's, a, he's an old fellow. But now uh, we get down here to verse um, 29. Uh, verse 29, we need a little bit, little bit of history right here. What was happening here? Um, um, still in chapter 1? Yeah, hang on. First Kings 1. Let me get down here to 29. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, David had several sons, and one of his sons decided he was going to self-appoint him as the king. That was not the king that uh, King David wanted. He didn't want to appoint him as king. He wanted to appoint who? Solomon. 
So Solomon was appointed as the king. But anyway, uh, in what happened was this other king, this other son decided, hey, I'm the big shock, I'm the big dog, and so hey, I'm gonna be king. And so he tooted his own horn, and uh, part of the town got all excited, saying, well, this guy's the king, Adonijah. No, uh, uh-uh. not who's gonna be. See, long live King Adonijah. But Zadok the priest and Benaiah and Solomon uh, and I weren't invited. Now uh, that was Nathan is who's talking. So watch what happens. Has this been done without your knowledge, with your knowledge? For I haven't heard. For you haven't said a word as to which of your sons shall be chosen to be the next king. And uh, call Bathsheba. David said. Remember who Bathsheba is? Well, Bathsheba is the mother of Solomon. So she backed in and uh, she came back in and stood before the king. And the king bowed and said, "Look, look at what the Lord said. As the Lord lives, who rescued me? Look at this from every danger. Then he makes his decree saying." Solomon is king. And I mean, they anointed him as king that day. But I wanted you to see how he told the way he said this to Bathsheba. He said, the Lord who has rescued me from every danger. Let's look at this in the living Bible. Well, that was the living Bible. Excuse me. Uh, Look at it in the King James just a minute. Uh, Verse 29. Okay. Verse 29. Here we go. Yeah, the king swore and said, as the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all distress. I don't care what's coming your way. All I got to do is call on the Lord, and he will get you out. He'll get you out. He really will. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7. And uh, put this back in the living Bible just a second. Uh, and look down here at verse... Um, oh. Verse 16, excuse me. Oh, remember that verse that says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. That's verse 14. Okay. But look down at verse 15. I will listen wide awake to every prayer made in this place. That couldn't be simpler. It couldn't be simpler. All I got to do is call. Just call. Let's go back to uh, oh. the book of Psalms, just a moment here, and look over here at uh, Psalm 34, and Psalm 34, look at this right here, many are the afflictions of the righteous, in other words, the troubles that you and I face, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, none of them is broken. Wow. He goes on and says, the evil shall slay the wicked. So he's comparing you and I against the wicked. In other words, God's going to take care of you. Look, look at, can you see in this picture? Look, look up here at verse 17. He's repeating himself even again. The righteous cry, the Lord heareth and delivers them out of all their troubles. Praise God. You think that's all? No. Watch, there's more. I'm, I'm just backing up. Look at uh, uh, verse, uh, well, there it is again in verse 6. He says, this poor man, now, he couldn't be too poor because he's a king. It's King David. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all his troubles. That sounds pretty simple. It is. And he actually outlines in verses, uh, 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 in the verses above it, how it works. He says in verse 1, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. 
my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Notice I'm just, I, I cannot be, I, I'm just going to brag about how great my God is in my life. The other people around me, they're going to hear, they're going to be glad too because they know this all works the same way. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Verse 4, I sought the Lord. He heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Wow. Notice it says, they that looked to him were lightened. Notice this works for anybody. Anybody that will call upon the Lord. Look at verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see the Lord's good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. See, there's where our problem is, is I've got to trust in him. My trust in him can change so quick. It really can. Oh, uh, let's go to, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to miss one right here. Let's go back to uh, uh, Psalm 3 just a moment. Look how easy this is. I'm going to put this in the Living Bible just a moment. Watch this. Let's get rid of uh, that. Oh. He says, Oh, Lord, so many are against me. So many seek to harm me, and I have so many enemies. And actually, this little phrase right here, oh, He's saying, because his son was trying to be king and was trying to kill him off, assassinate his own dad. And David's trying to run from him. Verse 2, so many say that God will never help me. I mean, I'll tell you what, that's usually the issue because the devil will try to tell us that God's not going to help you. Or you might be thinking, well, maybe it's not the Lord's will. That's about the same thing. So now you're struggling because you believe whatever your problem is is sent from heaven. It's not sent from heaven. You're always invited to ask to stop the problem. You really are. God will get you out. David never did come to the Lord and say, you know what, I don't know if, if this time I'm not supposed to ask you. David would just squall. He would just say, Lord, get me out. That's the reason he told Bathsheba, the God who got me out of every trouble. He will. So he says, but verse 3, but Lord, you are my shield and my glory and my only hope. You alone can lift my head, now bowed in shame. Now remember, we already got a little glimpse of how bad this problem was. His own son was trying to kill him. Wouldn't you know your son would know every detail about you? How are you going to get away from your son? Well, if this was the case, praise the Lord, the Lord would. I, mean, I don't care who you think and how big the enemy is, God will get you out. Watch how, how, how he uses uh, his confidence here. Remember when he looked at that first scripture, come boldly to the throne of grace. He says, I cried unto the Lord. He heard me from his, uh, from his temple in Jerusalem. Remember, we've already looked at a scripture that says, I will, I, will, I will listen to every prayer that's made in this place. And it's not just that he listens, he will do what you ask him. I cried unto the Lord, he heard me all in his temple in Jerusalem. This implies <clears throat> that God was over here, but David was somewhere else. Kind of like where we are today. We're a long way from the Holy Land. We're a long way from the temple, but don't worry about it. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 5. Then I laid down and slept in peace and woke up safely, for the Lord was watching over me. Now, that is good news when you're trying to sleep at night. I know I've struggled at night before, just you know, some sort of problem or whatever. You might not be feeling good. You might be sick or whatever. You're thinking, I don't know if I'll ever get over this. Yes, you will. You continue to bring that thing before the Lord and ask the Lord for his help, whether it's a hurt leg, a headache, or whatever, or pains, or whatever it is. 
Verse 6, and now, look at this, though 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, I am not afraid. Now notice, he didn't say they all left, they were all killed. No, he said, I'm not afraid. Now why is he not afraid? Remember we just read in verse 3, you're my shield, and you're the glory and the lifter of my head. I'll tell you what, saints, we have got to believe, look at this, You've got to believe he's a shield. Now, let me show you why. God introduces himself. Let's do this. I'm going to come right back. God introduces himself to somebody real famous we know in the Bible. Uh, his name is Abraham. And, uh, uh, and uh, hold one second. Here we go. And when he walks up to Abraham, look what he says. I mean, just God comes on the scene, good morning, how you doing? And before you can even say good morning back, he says, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Notice it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now, the nice thing to know is that anything that God said to Abraham, he has said to you. Abraham's blessings are mine, Galatians chapter 3 says. But even if you didn't know that scripture... Ask yourself this, why did I read about it? I mean, if God is not my shield, you know, and not my exceeding great reward, I'm not real thrilled about knowing about those details. Just say God met Abraham and God had a son. His son was Isaac and then there was Jacob. And just give me the lineology of it, the genealogy of it. But I don't need to know any details. Oh, yes, you need to know the details. God took care of every one of these family members. Because they trusted in him. It was fantastic. Look at this. Exceeding great reward. And also, uh, I am your shield. I mean, they didn't have, you know, uh, concrete uh, buildings down dug deep in bunkers that could, be, it could rescue them from nuclear bombs or whatever. He didn't have anything but a tent. But God kept him safe. Let's go back to the book of Psalms here. Oh, uh, let's see, where were we? Yeah, we're here at Psalm, and we're at Psalms 3, praise the Lord. Okay, Psalms 3, and uh, uh, so he says, you're my shield, my exceeding, I mean, excuse me, my glory and lifter of my head, uh, and he says, I cried unto the Lord, hey, and then he said, I laid down and slept in peace, and I woke up safely, for the Lord was watching over me. In verse 6, he says, and now, though 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, I'm not afraid. Now, why is he not afraid? That's one of the reasons we have our Bible. If you read your Bible, you'll see historically how God got people out of some of the most impossible situations. David in the lion's den, you know. Oh, other kind of incidents. They, Pharaoh was going to kill them. I mean, they got all the way out from Pharaoh, and they get over to the... Uh, you know, to the the, uh, the Red Sea, and they're trying to cross this thing, and it's like, well, that ain't going to happen. Oh, yeah, it was going to happen. Moses stood there and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And God told Moses, said, why would you tell the people to stand still? Tell them to go forward. Can't go forward. But see, as, they, as Moses lifted his rod over that Red Sea, I mean, all of a sudden, whoosh, it opened up. It did. You know, these things, you, sometimes we think, well, they're just fairy tales. They're not fairy tales. These things happen. Now watch this. He said, I will cry to the, him. Arise, O Lord, save me. Oh my God. Now, it can't be that simple. What oh, is? It's that simple. 
It's so simple. Notice what, he, notice what David, and this is the reason he had uh, the singers sing this song. It was written down so people could sing it. People would hear it. Hey, what's on the radio? They could hear it going, oh, I heard that. Hmm. That must, that must, uh, the way that's written, that'll work for me. Oh, yeah. Verse 8, he says, <clears throat> salvation comes from God. What joys he gives to, look, all his people. Well, I'll tell you what. I could be happy as could be except for i got one little problem. Well, then you're not happy as can be. You need to get that one problem squared away, and then you'll be happy as can be. That's the reason Jesus said, you know, ask that your joy may be full, you know. You, you, we can get so distracted and thinking, man, I, 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 just, I just don't know if God's going to help me or not. Yeah, he's going to help you, and he's made this so easy. Uh, let me give you, for instance, if we go to the book of John here, <clears throat> and let's look down here at the fourth chapter. Okay, let's see what we got here. <clears throat> John chapter 4, and let's get down here. Let's see. Here we go. Oh. All right. John chapter 4. Uh, here we go. Uh, in verse 46. Can you show you this? How simple. How simple. In the course of his journey... Through Galilee, he arrived in the town of Canaan, where he had turned to water and wine. While he was there, a man in the city of Capernaum, a government official whose son was very sick. You know, well, I'm happy except for I got a problem with my son. Something's up. Well, that's just tough. You know, life is just tough. This is how word got out about Jesus. It's in your Bible. I mean, again, I would be a little bit offended going, you know, well, great. Well, good for you and your son, but, man, I got troubles with my family and whatever. Or maybe your son or whatever. You, you don't need to worry. This could not be easier. He heard that Jesus had come from Judea and was traveling in Galilee. This man went over to Cana. He found Jesus, and look what he said. He begged him to come. Oh, he begged him to come and heal his son, who is now at death's door. Well, wait just a minute here. I mean, you just can't tell God to heal somebody. Well, according to this, you do. You can come, come to God man. God will help you. I mean, this is a government official. He wouldn't even bother if he thought this was hit or miss. He knew Jesus would do it. Look at verse 40, I mean 48. Jesus asked, won't any of you believe in me <clears throat> unless I do more miracles? The official pled, sir, please come down before my child dies. Then Jesus told him, look at this, go back home. Your son is healed. And the man believed Jesus and started home. While he was on his way, some of the servants met him up with the good news that all was well. His son had recovered. And he asked them, and he asked, excuse me, he asked them when the lad had begun to feel better. Verse 52. Uh, yesterday afternoon, about 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. The father realized it was the same moment that Jesus had said, Your son is healed. The officer and his entire household believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Wow, this was Jesus' second miracle. His miracles never quit. Oh, uh, look down here at um, in chapter 21, same book. Just right at the end. Uh, John is who wrote this, and he said, "Hey, I'm that disciple. I saw these events, and I recorded them here." And we know all that my account, no, excuse me, and we all know that my account of these things is accurate. Look at verse 25. Now watch this. Look at this. Last book of the book of John. John 3.16. This is the last verse in that great book, John 3.16. is. 
I suppose that if all the other events in Jesus' life were written, the whole world could not hardly contain the books. Something about this guy. What's he doing? Well, he hadn't quit. He's still called your high priest right now. He still said he'd help you. Amazing. Look at this right here. Oh, chapter 13, verse, uh, I, always like, I always like to say verse familiar because it is. Oh, it's so familiar in our life. Look at this. What does it say about him? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the responsibility is, what? well, I can't act like he's not there, or I'm going to see you one day. I'm, I'm still 52 years old, so i got a ways to go. But, hey, how you doing? Good morning to you. And then just go through my troubles. Listen, when you lose something, and I've lost things as small as a pocket knife, and I prayed, and I found them because I was thinking about it. I'm like, I had to go to Walmart go buy another one. Where is that thing? Could be, uh-oh, car keys, you know? God will help you find them. Jesus even used a parable about the kingdom of God. This woman had several coins, and she lost one, and she swept the house, and all of a sudden she found it, you know? Called her friends over, said, I found this thing, praise the Lord. God wants you to find things. He really does. You lose something, he'll get it back to you. Oh, this couldn't be easier. James chapter 1, let's go over here. Oh, let's go back to the King James system. All right. Oh. Verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, and it braideth not, and it shall be given him. Oh. I know he's saying ask wisdom here, but it works the same for everything. Because the phrase, notice it says, he gives to all men liberally. This is kind of pulled out of the blue. God is constantly giving. I think he shows that in the Living Bible. Let me, let me switch back to that real quick and we'll see. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, it doesn't say that in the Living Bible, but, I, I, but I've seen it before to know. But anyway, let's go back to King James. Okay. Uh, let me, I'll show you in the next verse. If any lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. The word upbraid means uh, he's not going to accuse you and say, well, I'm going to hold it back, but you and I got to have a, you and I got to talk a little bit because you've not been living right. He said he won't do that. Now, why won't he do it? Because Jesus is your high priest. Jesus took your punishment for you. He was wounded for my transgressions. We feel like we got to pay. Oh, God, I'm coming to you. I brought my pocketbook, Lord. You know, I have been such a bad Christian, so I want to help pay for it. You could no more pay for it than the man on the moon. You can't pay for it. It can't be paid for. Well, I just won't pray for a week. That ain't going to help it. I, if you never pray the rest of your life, that's not going to get your prayers answered. You can't earn this thing. Well, I'll give up this. I'll give up that. No, you still use power of attorney in the name of what? Jesus. You never pray in your name, so don't act like it's in your name. Don't try to fool God and say, well, you know, Lord, I mean, I've been a little bit better this week, and so I really, really, really need this prayer answered, so I'm, I just don't believe it. Fingers crossed, Lord, please. You don't need to cross your fingers. You don't need to do anything. Just put the tag on the end of it in the name of Jesus. Now watch what he says here. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Look at that phrase, nothing wavering. Now, if I had said anything that was hard to do, that's the only part that's hard, but that's really pretty easy. 
It's not a matter of what we give up for Jesus. It's not wavering. We got to believe He's there. We got to believe He's willing. I mean, if He's not going to upbraid you, quit adding to it saying, Lord, I'm so sorry, but look, I just got to have a miracle this time. And I know I've been a jerk. And I know I've not been. Quit thinking He's up there to browbeat you. Jesus took nails. You could never pay for any of it. You just need to be thankful. Say, thank you, Jesus. You bore my transgressions for me. You did. So he says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers is like a wave of the sea. Look at verse 7. This is why it works for anything. Let not that man think he shall receive what? Did he say wisdom here? No. He says anything. Anything. You've got to be single-minded. Say, no, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get what I asked for from the Lord. I'm not going to waver. God made this too simple for me. He did. It is too simple. But that's the way God wants it. Let's look at one last scripture. Let's go to 1 first, first Peter chapter 5. Let's see if there's anything hard right here we've got to do. Yeah, you're going to find there's not. Verse 6, he says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's where the problem is. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Cast my cares upon him? Yeah. Every day we have difficulties. You start out with less than a quarter of a tank, less than an eighth of a tank. Maybe it's just air or whatever. You've got a lot of traffic. You've got a lot of red lights. You're trying to get whatever. No prayers are being issued yet. You're not asking for the Lord's help. Things at work, things can just get frustrating. Nobody's praying. And quit waiting on the other guy to pray. This is your world. This is casting your care on the Lord. Whether it's that, I don't know what your troubles are. Whatever it is that's distracting, whatever, put this way, whatever it is that has made you not happy today, boy, that's your care. And what does he say to about? Cast your care upon him. Lord, I'm not happy about this. So I'm going to make myself further unhappy by casting it on you. No, that's not the plan. If you give it to him, something's going to happen with that care. He didn't say, eh, just don't worry. If you get blown away in your life, just don't worry. That's going to be hard to do. I don't want to get blown away. And I don't want to worship God who ain't going to help me. Let me say, that's what's so backwards. God will help you. He always will. He says, casting your care upon him for he cares for you. Now look at verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. Notice he didn't say, be sober, be vigilant, and quit that sinning. Oh, you better quit that sinning. God don't like that sinning. Man, you're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes too. But we have a high priest. He's always going to forgive you. He said, be sober, be vigilant for something else. Because your adversary, well, I don't pay no attention to the adversary because God takes care of my adversary. Not right here. He says, you and I got to. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Well, I'm not worried about him devouring me because whatever happens is the Lord's will. No, it's not. Resist being devoured. Trust that Jesus will answer what you ask for. He will. He'll give it to you. What does he say do, though? Whom resist steadfast in the faith. The first thing I like to think about is I'm going to resist being devoured. I'm going to resist being devoured. I've had enough of this stuff hurting me. I've had enough of under pressure. I'm not as happy as somebody over there, and I need to be. I, I know Jesus. How come I'm not happy? I keep worrying about this over here. See, if you quit worrying about that thing over there, knowing that God will get you out of it, then all of a sudden your sorrow will be turned to joy. I know I said uh, that last scripture, but we have to. We'll just close with this. Look at this. 
It's the reason it works. Praise the Lord. Uh, go back to the book of Psalms here and 55 and verse 22. Pretty easy one to remember. 5522. Here we are. Uh, let's see. What does he say? I mean, just out of the blue here. I mean, these are problem, 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 problem. And here's what he says to do. Well, look what he says in verse 16. As for me, I'll call upon God. The Lord shall save me. Evening, morning, <laughs> and at noon, I'll pray. I'll cry aloud. I don't care what's going on. And what does he say will happen? You know, uh, he shall hear my voice. <laughs> you know, he's delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many against me. I mean, he's saying, man, I've been outnumbered before. This has been terrible. So look what he says at the very end of this psalm. Verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He'll sustain you. I don't care what it is. Cast your burden. You may have to cast it every few minutes. Oh, Lord, I'm worried about it again. But, man, I roll that thing over on you. I cast it. I throw it, whatever. And I'm throwing it knowing you're going to get me out of this. I'm not throwing it so that I'll just wait and see what you want to do about it. No, David argues the case here very, I mean, very perfectly. You will get me out of my trouble. And then what's going to happen is the same Jesus that you've read about in the Bible will appear and do what you need done in your life, and then you'll easily be able to tell somebody, well, he just helped me this morning. Nothing he helped me a few minutes ago. Ain't even a couple of seconds ago. I know he's here because he helped me. There was no way I could get out of this problem. And you're going to say, Jesus got me out, and that's exactly the work he wants you to do. He told a fellow in, uh, that was demon-possessed, the one that's the, the, the demon of Gadara. Remember that? All of, there's many of us, the legion. They entered into the pigs, and they went down into the ocean. Remember that story? That man wanted to follow Jesus after Jesus set him free, and Jesus said, no, you go back to town. You go tell us what great things the Lord has done for you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that by your stripes we're healed.